ARM is coming to the cloud, ARM is coming to the server, ARM is already on Windows, so is ARM coming to Xbox? It's Friday, my friends. It is Friday. Ignite has come. Ignite has gone. Which, by the way, you know, aside, I think Ignite is probably one of the best conferences of the year for Microsoft. That has happened. It's been a crazy week. We somehow are through the halfway point of November. Uh, Black Friday is coming up. Holiday shopping season is in full swing. It's just a good time in the neighborhood. Hopefully you had a wonderful week. Let's just dive into the news because there's... There's a lot going on. Like there's things in the EU happening to Windows. There's Ignite. There's there's just so much going on. So let's dive into the EU first because that's a great place to start. So the EU uh, is doing a lot of stuff lately when it comes to the Digital Markets Act. You've seen probably headlines from Apple. Pretty much everybody except Google. Uh, Google's not really sure what they're doing on them. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, but either way, Google, good luck. I don't know what you're doing. Anyways, Windows is going to be making some fundamental changes to appease the European Union. So there's now going to be a system label on system components in the start menu. So you'll see little system flags there. Uh, you'll now be able to uninstall more inbox apps like Cortana, which that one's whatever and Cortana's dead camera photos and more but I think one of the things that people are going to be loving is that the Windows 11 widget board will now accept other news providers other than Microsoft start and this is all like really good stuff like things are happening you're getting more control over your Windows experience and interoperability of features and everything that we kind of have been hoping to hear from Microsoft with one massive and I mean massive caveat this is only happening if you're in the EU. If you're in the US, good luck. Like Microsoft's like, no, 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 no. We're still going to pull out money from you. We're still going to force you guys to see all this stuff. And um, yeah, good luck. It's it's really odd that they're not just going to bring this around the globe. But until they're forced to do it, they're just saying like for right now, maybe some uh, social media peer pressure will allow them to you know bring this stuff to other areas. But it, this isn't the first time. Remember browser ballot box and all that stuff. So Keep that in mind that when you hear about these EU changes, they are in fact only impacting the EU. So I think the one that most of us probably want are the widget board stuff because it's Microsoft start like the MSN news is just so it's all clickbait garbage and you can't really tailor it the way you want. Anyways, there are changes that are coming. Uh, other changes that are coming, this was rumored uh, by Zach Bowden. i got to give him credit. He got it right. Uh, looks like Copilot is coming to Windows 10, my friends. If So this is like a screenshot of what, if you're on the video, of course, uh, what Copilot is going to look like when it gets rammed down your throat of Windows 10. If you don't want this, good luck. Uh, if you do want this, great. I don't. I, Copilot. I, I'm not. I don't. I don't want to dump on AI because there is absolutely like Midjourney, even ChatGPT, and even Copilot have their their use cases. I'm not sure that what Microsoft is doing here is the best use case. But hey, Microsoft wants everybody using its AI, and they're gonna do it to Windows 10. Even though, and this is the funny part. Even though earlier this year they said, hey, don't expect any more features coming to Windows 10. Like that. That's kind of it. 22H2 is the final version, and then all of a sudden, like this Copilot stuff came in full force, and Microsoft's like, just kidding, bros. Uh, we are going to allow you. You know, we're gonna gift this upon you. Gift this right onto your desktop, and uh, just be happy that we're updating Windows 10 because it's already supposed to be end of life but you know what here we are so microsoft is uh is going all in on that now uh microsoft loop which i was a big fan of i, I have gone back to notion full transparency i gave I, I i stopped using loop i did they just 
it wasn't close enough. And so Microsoft announced at Ignite that Loop is now generally available for work accounts. And here's the here's the killer part for on the web and mobile. They're not saying desktop. I, so it's like, oh, your desktop app. Yep. You can use the mobile one just like you can use the mobile Outlook that is just a web wrapper. And it's just it's just not the same. It's just Ah, it's just not there. Anyways, Loop is making uh, a progression. You know, just sort of uh, anecdotal notes. Remember, first off, it's taken forever for Loop components to really come to market. But now that uh, this AI stuff has really taken the limelight, Loop and like Loop components are, they're not, they don't carry the same gravity that they once did because we all kind of see the writing on the wall that uh, Microsoft's not going to give up on Loop components. Not yet. I'm not even like hinting at that but it's not the new hotness right it's not the new thing that microsoft's going to drive revenue with and so yeah so you've got that going on you've got that going on and this one's uh, a little bit more interesting so uh, microsoft announced this windows ai studio now i had a double take on this because i was like man they already have an ai studio it's actually called Azure AI Studio. And so this one is bringing it uh, more to, as the name suggests, to Windows. So you can run this locally and it's designed to be used with more small language models for local use in Windows apps. So this is Microsoft trying to help developers bring in these AI component trees into uh, all of their apps. And it's really the, the slimming down, if you will, right? Because we have this massive juggernaut called ChatGPT and OpenAI and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But when you need the localized version, that seems like that's where the Microsoft is trying to head towards. So it runs inside of an application and that's actually super powerful. You know, it's coming from uh, somebody who leads a team who builds apps like premium apps on Windows. This is this has interest of us. And so it's something we are very much paying attention to. Uh, and if you've been paying attention to branding lately, it's no surprise that Bing Chat and Bing Chat Enterprise are becoming co-pilot Bing Chat. Bing Chat at least made some sense, but Bing Chat Enterprise never really did. Either way, those things are both being rebranded as co-pilot. So it's co-pilot all up and down the sleeves. That is what is going on. Now, if you've forgotten at one point, not too many years ago, and unless you're Facebook, it's still to today, uh, companies were dumping billions of dollars into trying to build these metaverses, right? These whole walk, walk around with legless things, uh, whatever. Microsoft is announcing at Ignite that Microsoft Mesh and its immersive spaces and teams are going to launch in January. But much like the loop components, like this stuff, you know, kind of feels more of like a distraction at this point. And Microsoft is clearly shipping it. Maybe they'll find some traction with it. Maybe some people want to use it. I don't know. You, you guys can make your own decisions about whether or not you want to use this stuff. But hey, uh, it is now going to be shipping and bada bing, bada boom. But by far, by far, the biggest thing announced this week by Microsoft up and down the board are these two new custom AI chipsets for the cloud and I put emphasis on for the cloud and I am going to butcher these names uh, I've only read about them I, never, I haven't watched the keynote yet but Maya M-A-I-A uh, is going to provide Azure infrastructure with end-to-end -end system optimization tailored to meet the groundbreaking needs of AI such as GPT so that's the accelerator and then there's also Cobalt and Cobalt is a 64-bit design with 128 cores that Microsoft claims and I can't say delivers or, or is until we have I guess we have third-party validation a 40% performance improvement over the current generation Azure ARM chips now keep in mind Microsoft has been building these chips ARM chips, AWS has them as well. Most cloud vendors do, but Microsoft is really leaning into it. Like this is this is 100% their stuff. Obviously, ARM is licensed, um, but these are their designs. They're 
they're using TSMC, I think five nanometer uh, chipset uh, fabs for this. And so they're testing this stuff out now running uh, various loads in the cloud. Now for Microsoft, as of right now, they're, they're taking a super interesting strategy. Like I find this stuff fascinating. And obviously this stuff has been uh, in the works for years. This is not something like on Tuesday of January, they're like, all right, we should build our own chips. Like Microsoft has been seeing this coming. Obviously they've been invested at OpenAI in these, compa- uh, these companies for a while or company, I should say. And so they've been building these things and now they're starting to make their way into production servers or, and or are getting close, especially the uh, uh, the sort of optimization, the Maya. I'm going to somebody will correct me in the comments, I'm sure, um, that will help boost that because you got to understand that NVIDIA has a real big stranglehold on this stuff. And when you are a cloud company or a trillion dollar company like Microsoft or Google or Oracle or anybody else, you don't want to be beholden to what NVIDIA can give you. You want to be in control of your own destiny. And so how do you do that? You start trying to build your own chips. Are they going to be as good as NVIDIA's top of the line stuff? I'm, I don't know the answer, but I can almost assuredly say they are not as good. However, if they can be some percentage of that, they can at least reduce their dependency on NVIDIA trying to get them chips. And it's not a cost thing. Like Microsoft would probably pay a very handsome sum for all the chips if they could get them. However, they're not going to be able to do that. So they need to be able to source their own stuff for when they can't uh, get the, you know, get the primary goods. They got to be able to backfill and hey, why not build your own chips? It is the new hotness, especially in the cloud. So why I find this so fascinating is Microsoft has a, a just quite literal billions of dollar a, a moat. If you're not familiar with a moat, so like if you're a company and my fist is the company and people are trying to enter the market, you have what's called a moat. That's the things that are hard to replicate. So it separates you from the others. That's that's the moat around. Microsoft has billions of dollars in this, right? They have all these data centers around the globe. They can be, they can synchronize. They can be not synchronized. They can be redundant. They can be not redundant. They're, they're different ge- geographics so that they can be uh, backup and recovery and all of that. So it's really hard for somebody to come into the cloud market because they need billions of dollars just to be on the same level. Now, Microsoft is dumping billions of dollars more into AI. So for the other cloud vendors like Google, uh, AWS, IBM, Oracle, the, the list goes on and on. They now need to be able to compete on the AI. And for other vendors, especially namely like I would think like a Google uh, who's really trying to up and come at this point, right? They see the pot- potential of like, okay, how can we be better than Azure or AWS, right? They might have more data centers or whatever else. But if we can be better in AI, then we know that we have a better go forward looking future than everybody else. So Microsoft is trying to uh, widen the shores of their moat, right? By building their own chips. Again, I would be shocked if all of the other cloud vendors are not doing this themselves. But hey, Microsoft's out there talking about it, showing off their chips. And so they're widening the shores, making that moat bigger, because not only do you need billions of dollars to build up data centers just to be on par with what Microsoft was doing yesterday, you've also got to be way up there on the AI componentry as well if you want to get those top dollars for the big contract. So they're widening the moat. And uh, it's a really smart business move for Microsoft to make sure that Azure maintains its footing. It doesn't lose any space to AWS and their Gravitron processors or something else like that. So super, super fascinating stuff. Uh, other things that have come out this week, if I can find the right button to pull it up on the screen here, is this window, I put this in quotation, Windows app. So like Windows app, all it's like the Windows app app. Uh, is the proper way to do it. So this is something that will run on, say, an iPad, and allows you to access, and mind you, this is enterprise only. So it's a central hub for a streaming copy of your Windows from a remote PC as your virtual desktop, Windows 365, your dev box, your remote desktop services. 
this is the app. I believe it was previously called like Microsoft 365 or something like that. Uh, but this is an enterprise streaming app, and this was also announced. Super interesting stuff. Like when Ignite, the reason why I like it so much is it's it's typically targeted at like the IT practitioner about things that are coming. There was definitely some dev side to this one uh, with the AI componentry, but it really gives you a look of like what things Microsoft's bringing to the market, how they're positioning them, uh, and then the ARM stuff is super duper fascinating. It's, it's, it's really great stuff. So uh, on to the gaming news, and we cannot go to the gaming news without thinking about ARM here, right? For, let, let's break this down for a second. So we just talked at length. So there's ARM for server. Uh, there's ARM for boosting AI in the cloud. Microsoft also has Windows on ARM. We've also heard that AMD and or, yeah, AMD and NVIDIA are working on ARM CPUs for laptops, and uh, I would assume laptops, maybe desktops as well. You don't want to rule them out. Literally everything Microsoft is doing now is going to consist of ARM. Like Microsoft is very clearly make, continuing to make big investments on ARM. And we can't ignore the fact that Xbox was rumored to be going to ARM for their next generation. So they clearly see like there's something to this when the, everything at the company is putting some effort onto ARM. You can't ignore that Xbox, that the information, I don't want to call it rumored because it was actual literal Microsoft documentation that they were considering it. But now that you see like Microsoft's building its own chips, Microsoft's building its own accelerators, Microsoft's working with all of the, the big partners, right? The AMDs, the NVIDIAs, uh, the ARM company, the ARM itself, ARM Holdings or whatever they're, they're called, uh, working with all of them. The Xbox seems pretty plausible. The thing that is not known is the backwards compatibility. That is That is such a staple of what Xbox does. And so they got to figure that out. But hey, uh, Microsoft is clearly getting, I don't even say their feet wet. I mean, they're up to their knees and hips at this point in the, in the arm waters. So we'll see. It, Windows on ARM is such a, a, it's a thing, obviously. You can go out there and buy that. And Qualcomm's have been uh, owning that segment. I'm guessing Microsoft had some sort of exclusivity contract. But uh, it's it's less than, I don't want to rule out Intel and Andy's x86 efforts because those are certainly a thing. So uh, more gaming news here. Baldur Gate 3 looks like it's a lock for December. Uh, the reason why I bring that up is everybody knows what happened with the Xbox Series S drama. And so it looks like, hey, it's going to be arriving in December. Great for the holiday season. Great for holiday season. And speaking of the holiday season, Microsoft unveiled their Black Friday deals. TLDR, look for about 50 bucks off uh, Series X and Series S. However, I would keep an eye open for even better deals directly from like Target was doing, likes to do like a 199. And so maybe we'll see what Best Buy is doing and uh, we'll keep our eyes and ears peeled for what is happening with all of that. So, all right, friends, on to the gaming news. Just a handful of questions this week. So first question in comes from Rafik. He says, hi, Brad. Do you think the unionization inside Microsoft Gaming Studios will be a big factor for the big talent to come to work there? so they can improve the quality of their games because they need some masterpieces to compete. And the second, oh, so the unionization, I'm not gonna try to dive into the politics of unions, uh, whether they are good or bad, I'm, I'm just avoiding that in general. However, you can't ignore the fact that right now the gaming industry is, uh, while it was once booming during the pandemic, there's a there's some big squeezing going on, right? There's been a lot of big acquisitions. There's been cuts all over the place. Cannot ignore that that people look for stability. And where can you typically find stability are in unions. And so I think that this does have the ability to attract more talent potentially to Microsoft or make it a more attractive place to work if those unions materialize in a way that is beneficial for all parties involved. Um, I do think that, that is a thing. Microsoft is a big company and typically people think of big companies as a safer place to be because they have such diverse revenue streams that 
you're not um, locked into like, gosh, we got 10 bad Steam reviews. I guess we're not going to be able to sell our game and we're going out of business. That is not how Microsoft operates. They're too big uh, for that kind of thing. And Microsoft has the cash flow and capacity to carry these things to market. Uh, doesn't mean like nobody's immune to being layoff and cut and, and being laid off is a terrible experience. And so there's no perfect place to work other than just being filthy rich, which very few of us are and can be just like, whatever, I got fired. I don't need to pay my bills. Uh, anyways, second question uh, is if you've tried the Files app, it's great and how it's different from the File Explorer files. So I have tried the Files app. I haven't used it recently. I really should give it a second shot. The last time I tried it, I had some issues with OneDrive and I think they've gotten that issue resolved where it was just taking too long to load. Um, the Files app, if you really do not like the actual File Explorer, is a great alternative. Highly recommend it. I think it's it's worth trying out. Um, I shouldn't. I was going to say, I shouldn't say I highly recommend it because I haven't used it recently enough. I, I mean, everybody likes it. It seems like a good alternative if you don't want to use the File Explorer stuff. Uh, Kid Chris says, can you talk about RDP appearing as a standalone program entity across all multiple endpoints in the programs and features list as of 10-27-23? I'm not sure if this question is here. I might have missed the memo. So are you... Who, I'm assuming you're talking about remote desktop RDP windows. I'm, I'm trying to, yeah, remote desktop. Um, I don't quite have an answer for why the standalone program. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure about this. So he's wondering why this just showed up. Microsoft probably goofed would be the absolute reason I would think. RDP is used by a lot of people, myself included. But I don't, I don't, I don't have a great answer for this one. You have actually stumped me there. Cliff Martin says, ooh, <laughs> maybe we get some technicalities here. I love it. After the November 23rd patch Tuesday on November 14th, it says KB5032190 was installed. My system says that Windows 11 20H2 build uh, 22621.2715, so it appears I was not upgraded to 23H2. Admittedly, when I first installed Windows 11 over 10, I used Rufus since my late model Dell XPS didn't qualify for Windows 11. Dun, dun, dun. Does this mean I am out of luck getting 23H2 from the Windows update do i need to run rufus stuff or are there other workarounds to get 23h2 any info is appreciated so i i'm not super familiar i, I know what rufus is i know how all this stuff works i know how you can get around uh, the, the limitations but because this is so new i mean we're talking two days here i haven't heard specifically if microsoft is actively blocking these things from windows 11 i don't I don't think they are because I'm the places that I read daily and let's be real hourly. I haven't seen this pop through that Microsoft is actively doing it. Keep in mind that Microsoft is rolling this out. I have boxes that are still on 22 H2. And so remember it's an enablement package. And I think that's why you pulled up, you know, if you know, to the 2715, I would give it just a little bit longer uh, before you nuke in and try to uh, force this down up on your machine. So, uh, Mr. PKI says, how do you think Call of Duty is doing this year from a sales perspective? Do you think it is not selling as well due to its complex and horrible user interface? Okay. Uh, so I, I purchased the Call of Duty. I gave them, I was like $70 dues or whatever it is. Downloaded my game, which honestly feels like a oversized DLC. The campaign was not great. Um, it, the, the problem with the campaign was the way it ended. I'm not going to spoil it, but it like it just ends. Like You're just playing along. It's like, all right, what's the next mission? It's like, dun, 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 you're done. And it's like, oh, <laughs> eh. Anyways, uh, the new Call of Duty, I will, before talking about the UI, the movement is good. Microsoft, 
or Microsoft. Well, I guess it is Microsoft, so I can say that. It was Activision at the time. Warzone 2 and that generation, they really screwed the pooch on moving. It felt like you were always running through some, like, sour cream or something. It was always just kind of like you're a little slow, running through some thick butter, churning it with your knees or something. And so, yeah, like, whatever. The short version is the new game feels and movement is back. Like, it's so much better, and I cannot wait for that update to come to Warzone and, and to justify that. However, uh, I would give the game a solid 1 out of 10 on user interface. You've probably heard or read on the internet, there's this, like, Call of Duty launcher, and it is a casino of bad decisions, my friends. It is. It has to be designed to get you lost and confused so that you maybe accidentally find other things. If you're looking for something specific, it it's really frustrating. And so like they, they need to clean it up. It's it's just bad. Uh Warzone 2 was bad. And, and it was like Warzone 2 was bad. We're like, okay, the next version, clearly they're gonna learn from their mistakes or at least try to make it more logical. No. You have to I had to download a 180 gig update to get more lost. And so like it's the mini game and it's the friends we made along the way. So, anyways. There you go, friends. Uh, we had Ignite, we had gaming, we had a whole bunch of stuff. We are wrapping it up here. It's uh, it's a good time. It's a good time there. I hope everybody listening to this just had a good week. Like I mean that. Like I hope you guys had a great week, and I hope next week is even better. Uh, as I tell my daughter before she goes to bed, a lot of times I said I hope today was good and tomorrow's better. And as always, my friends, make sure to keep it subscribed here because the only BS on this podcast is me.